0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. All right, friends. So we are so glad you are here. yeah, for those of you joining us online, thanks for joining us. We're so thankful. I, I'm so thankful for our live stream, by the way, um, and our amazing team. Are you, a few of you are thankful, which means you must not always come to church. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm so thankful for our live stream team, Josh, all our cameras. They're, like, getting really, really good at this thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's pretty awesome. I'm so thankful for our amazing teams, really, all throughout our church. But um, uh, today we continue our series from the book of Luke. Uh, We're talking about the life and teachings of Jesus. We're talking about miracles everywhere. Everyone say miracles everywhere. everywhere. How many of you are thankful for the life and teachings of Jesus? Anybody? You know, we've been sort of skipping through the book of Luke. Uh, We're going to be in this series for 21 weeks, but in order to, (laughs) which means we truly are just skipping through the book. We're just kind of like a rock skipping across a lake. We're just touching down in certain places in the book of Luke, and uh, we certainly are not able to teach through everything in this amazing uh, gospel story of Christ in just 21 weeks. But thankfully, you don't have to learn everything through sermons. I don't know if you guys knew that. You can read the Bible and study it on your own. It's a really, really cool concept. I would encourage you to do it. And if you haven't read Luke, uh, I would encourage you to read it. If you have read Luke, some of you have already read it this year, I would say read it again. Because sometimes doing things again is a pretty great idea. How many of you guys are thankful when God does it again? <laughs> Jesus healed once and he can heal again. Jesus forgave once, he'll forgive again. Right? Jesus, he, he, he is the do-it-again kind of God. And so God says, how about, how about I'll do it again if you do it again? You know what I mean? So why don't you read it again? Is what he's saying to us today. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in there for free. Um, read the Bible. Read the book of Luke again. I encourage you. But as we skip through the book of Luke and touch down in certain places, we are taking, and I just thought this would be worth mentioning, we're taking what I call and maybe other places call or people call a narrative theological approach. Meaning we are trying to grab a hold of the essence, the most important narrative threads through this gospel. Um, We're not going to hit them all, but we're going to hit some of the most transcendent things that Jesus says about the way of life. And so last week, for example, when we talked out of Luke 9 about the idea of denying self and taking up our cross, that is a transcendent important narrative thread. It talks in one verse about something that Jesus taught about how we ought to live, right? And today we're doing sort of the same thing. We're we're hitting on one of Jesus's Um, really, really important subjects that maybe we might not realize is truly a narrative thread, but it is because it's something that hits all of us right in the middle of our life on an everyday basis. And so here we go. Luke 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. All right, we'll stop there. How many of you would say the message has just become relevant to your life? (laughs) Do not worry about your life. Everyone say, do not worry. worry. So the word worry actually means to be drawn apart, to be pulled apart, to be separated. It's the same word for anxiety. Uh, When you worry, you are pulled apart, meaning you are actually drawn apart from peace and drawn apart and away from God. That's what worry does to us. And I wonder how many of us, Even this week began to worry with the news obviously coming out about the war and the invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. That's a lot of heavy stuff that I know a lot of us, our mind begins to crank and begins to worry. But I I was even thinking about that, and I think it's important to explain what this passage does not mean, just really right off the bat. When Jesus says, do not worry, he does not mean don't care about heavy and important things that happen to you or around you in this world. That does not mean don't care about it. doesn't mean don't think about it. It does not mean don't mourn or feel emotion. That's not what it means to not worry. It also doesn't mean to be carefree and to think, ah, God will take care of my bills. I'll just let it go. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean I don't need to put oil in my car. I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't mean I don't know if I should worry about showing up to work tomorrow. That's not what do not worry means. It's not a don't worry, be happy, man, kind of life. You know what I mean? That's not what it means. There are serious things in life, things that we will walk through, have to persevere through. But there is something that Jesus is trying to get at. So what did he mean? Well, first of all, you got to understand that do not worry is a loving command. It's a very loving command. We often fail to appreciate the damage that worry does in our life. Oftentimes, for example, I'll give you an example. For example, research actually shows us that worry and stress deteriorate our immune system. You guys have probably heard about this before. But people who are under constant high stress, they literally have lower T cell counts, which are necessary and essential for an immune response, right? So through this pandemic, I think most of us have heard quite a bit about immune deficiency, right? And we understand that it's a a real part of life and it's caused by a lot of health reasons. But research about stress and worry being a strong force in the deterioration of our immune systems is concerning because we live in a worry filled world because it's true that in some cases we are literally worrying ourselves sick, right? We are stressing the immune systems right out of us. And I wonder how many of us would say, Oh, we spend too much mental, and physical and emotional energy worrying. I wonder how many of us would say that. We have either, we worry about things that have already happened in the past or we're worried about things in the future. And so we're here in the present worrying about things that are behind us and ahead of us. We live presently with worries about those things absent of the moment. And so what worry can do, right, it robs us of not only our time, it robs us of not only our joy, it can rob us of our present, can't it? Let's consider this though. Why do we worry? Why do we worry? And when I was thinking about this as like, well, where do we start, right? There's a lot to worry about for a lot of us. Let's talk about money. I wonder how many of us worry about money. You're like, you don't understand how much debt I have. I have to worry. <laughs> Some of us are worried about our kids. We're like, do you know what it's like to raise a kid in 2022? Do you know that the device that they have in their pocket and what they have access to do you know how much I need to worry? Do you know? I don't even know if they should have a phone, but I don't know because there's no manual that tells me as a parent if they should have a phone or how much time they need to be spending on TikTok. I have no idea what to do with my kids. Do you understand how much I have to worry about? Right? So we worry about our kids. Let's worry. Some of us worry about our future. Endless questions about life. Who will I marry? What will, my, what will come of my career? Will I ever get what I need, what I want? And then we get to the world, like, it's like, yeah, we have a lot to worry about. Just in the last two years, we we are in a global pandemic. There's plenty to worry about, not to mention the political unrest, not to mention what just is going on this week with Russia and Ukraine and China and everything else with the U.S. I mean, there is a lot to worry about. So what do we worry about? We worry about all those things, don't we? Some of us in here, (laughs) and I was just thinking about, I was thinking about, is this really relevant? And then I just started thinking about all the things in my life that I personally worry about. But some of us are loud and proud worriers, aren't we? Or maybe you know someone that's a loud and proud worrier. Don't look at them. Don't look at them right now. If they yeah. If if you don't think about looking at anybody, you're the worrier. That's why. Some people will regularly say, like, I'm stressing out. I'm freaking out. I toss and turn all night. I was, you know, I'm worrying myself to death. We say these sorts of things. Some of us talk about our stress out loud like as if it's some sort of badge of honor how busy we are and how much we have to do. We like you understand all the things I gotta do and all the people I gotta talk to and all the people I gotta take care of and all the things I gotta and so we just we constantly are worrying out loud. We are public worriers and we want everybody to worry with us. Are you all with me? Some of us worry and we act like it's just a part of life, like it's a personality trait. We're just more prone to it. Listen, there's no such thing as a four-wing warrior. <laughs> there's no such thing as in some of us are like what is he talking about if you're of my maybe it's in maybe there's no enfws out there extroverted intuitive feeler warrior doesn't exist or maybe you're on the other side of that like you're not the public warrior maybe you're the private warrior you never stress you're always chill you're like man listen i'm I'm as cool as a cucumber, I'm as cool as the other side of the pillow, I'm I'm good. People are like, man, these is so chill. And you're like, no, what that means is they just don't like to talk out loud about what they're worried about because they're so freaked out internally that they can't literally speak about it because it freaks them out. So they worry about, man, man, am I gonna be am I gonna be alone forever? Or maybe they worry about being found out there's like some sort of imposter syndrome worry they walk with or maybe it's worried about something happening like I said to your kids or people get worried I I was surprised to see how many people are worried about getting fired there's a huge percentage of people that worry about their job security or they worry about what other people think of you so chances are most of us are we're one of those two we're either the public worrier that wants everybody to worry with us or we're the private worrier that you know puts on a pretty good face, but yet underneath there's something really deeper going on. So when Jesus says this statement, I think we've got to get back to it because Jesus is touching on something really important in his really way of life that he is trying to teach. He is touching on something central to our faith, central to trust, central to what it means to rely on God instead of rely on yourself, rely on others, or rely on the world. He's actually touching touching into those things so we're going to keep reading back to verse 22 i'll read it again then we'll keep going then jesus said to his disciples therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear now we know he's talking to us right you're like don't even worry about my body what about when i go to the beach <laughs> for real you t- i mean jesus come on let's get real For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. Do they not sow or reap? Or excuse me, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? How many of you know that you're better than a bird? Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're better than a bird. Even if you don't believe it, tell them. You're better than a bird. Now say it about yourself. Say, I'm better, I'm better than a bird. Aren't you glad you came to church today? I bet you weren't thinking that was going to be your encouragement. You're better than a bird. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not kidding, but I am kidding. I'm, I mean, I don't know. Jesus says something profound here. He's saying, listen, the birds of the air, I want you to pay attention to them. I want you to think about what they do and how they live. They get up every morning. And guess what? They aren't worried if there's going to be a worm or if there's going to be some seeds for them. They know there are. They aren't getting a barn and setting aside a barn to put worms in. They trust every day that there's going to be a worm for them. I think, hmm. But you know what's cool about the worm, I mean, about the birds? They don't just open their mouth and say, God dropped worms into my mouth they get up and do the work to get the worm but they know there is a worm Hmm. Jesus is really smart he says pay attention to the birds observe the birds and remember you're more valuable to them if that's the way God ordered birds don't you think he's got you as well and yet God takes care of them verse 25 who of you by worrying could add a single hour of your, to, a, to your life? Now, it's no secret that you can waste a lot of hours worrying, but you can't add any hours worrying. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? What is he saying? What does he mean by that? Jesus is saying, if you can't add a single hour through all your worry, then why would you worry about anything? Have you ever... Maybe go back to your school days. Were you ever worried that you weren't ready for a test? Have you ever been worried that you're not quite ready for the job presentation that's coming up? I know for me, I can worry that I'm not ready for a sermon on Sunday. And all I really want is I'm like, if I could just have a little more time, I just need a little more time. And Jesus is saying, if you can't get that through worrying, if you can't get just a little more time through all of your worrying, what is the point of worrying about anything? Worrying literally does nothing for you. This is what Jesus is saying. Worrying is hopelessly pointless, which we all know this, but it doesn't make it easy. I wonder if anybody in here ever finds themselves, their minds spinning in worry. Like your mind's just spinning, like the wheels are just spinning, but all that spinning you don't really make any progress. You know, you're just sort of spinning your wheels, getting nowhere, no traction. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just, your mind just keeps going. You're like, I don't even know, I can't even make a decision. I don't even, I don't. and you just keep going. And you're just like, and you just start freaking yourself out a little bit. You got the worry engine going. A few years ago, I, uh, it's been a while, but I got stuck in the mud in my car. I was, you know, my wheels were spinning. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like a real deal. I tried everything. I tried fast acceleration. I tried slow acceleration. I put it in reverse, reverse. I did it all. <laughs> I did it all. I couldn't get it unstuck, though. And so I had a friend with me. He's like, hey, I got an idea. I'm like, all right. He goes, how about I, I could probably push while you, while you accelerate and maybe we can get you stuck out of the mud, out of, unstuck from the mud. I was like, that's a great idea. So he went and got, on the back of the car. This is not a good idea for him. He got on the back of the car and he's like, gun it, Tim! So he starts pushing and I start pushing the pedal. And by the way, he wasn't very strong (laughs) because we didn't move at all. But I did spin those tires a lot and it threw up a lot of mud. And I'm kidding you not, I mean, he comes around, he's covered in mud, head to toe, like, I can't see him. It's just straight mud. I mean, I was laughing so hard. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's, this, is, this is how worry works. First of all, first of all, it's like spinning wheels with no traction. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to end up at the same place you started. But here's what's worse about it. When you get others involved in your worrying... And you spin out of control, you end up throwing all your mess on them. Anyone ever got someone else's worry thrown all over them? They got their wheels spinning and all their mud got thrown on you. And sometimes it's not mud, but it's the same color. That. Listen, let's get back to the Bible. Verse 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or, say it, spin. Hmm. My goodness, there it is. Everyone, do not labor or spin out of control. Jesus like, stop the spinning. It's not doing anything you any good and it's definitely not doing all the people around you any good you're just throwing all your stuff on them yet i tell you not even solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these is that how God clothes the grass of the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire how much more will he clothe you you of little faith remember Jesus is talking to first century israelites right they know who solomon is they understand how his significant how significant and wealthy he was and Jesus says even he in all of his splendor were not as much at peace with god as these flowers who are not laboring or spending god takes care and clothes the flowers Don't you know if he clothes them that well, he's going to clothe you as well in a better way, in a more beautiful way? So how many know you're not only better than a bird, but you're better than a flower? (laughs) That doesn't sound that great, but it is pretty great. Verse 29, and do not set your hearts on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. Everyone say, "Do do not worry. For the pagan world runs. The pagan world runs, everyone say runs, runs. after all such things, and, all, and your father knows that you need them. I mean, this passage really does preach itself. It does. He's like, when, you're, when, when, <clears throat> when are you going to quit worrying like you don't have me on your side? That's what he's saying. He says, don't you know that's what people do who don't have God in their life? How many know that it's, it makes a lot of sense for people who don't have God in their life to worry? People don't have Jesus, it makes sense. I would understand that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, of course you should worry. If you're putting all your trust in yourself or putting all your trust in the world or government or money, yeah, you have a lot to worry about. But when you put your trust in Jesus, man, there's something that you shouldn't have to worry anymore, right? This is what Jesus is saying. He says, don't you believe? He says pagans run after those things. Now, pagans is another word for people who believed in many gods, People who had a lot of little G's. So the Roman and Greek uh, polytheistic religions of the day, this, they were the pagans. And these were the things they ran after. They ran after more riches and more, and more securities and more assurances that they could build up in their, in their storehouses, right? In their barns, so to speak. This is what they felt like would give them the ability to not worry. And Jesus is like, listen, that's not doing anything but perpetuating and accelerating worry. You see, greed and worry are closely related. Greed can never get enough, and worry is afraid it will never have enough. And neither of them have their eyes on Jesus. Jesus is saying, you can trust in God. You can trust in me. And he puts this final stamp on this passage in verse 31. It's a countercultural way to live. He says, but... And this word, but, be single T, means I have a better idea. It means I have another way to live. It means instead of doing all those things that everyone else does, but seek His kingdom and, his, and these things will be given to you as well. He says, guess what? You're going to have everything you need without worry when you seek God's kingdom. Now, I read that, and for a long time in my life, I'm like, I mean, it's, it's encouraging, but in some ways, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. Like, I, that's the big lesson here. Like, don't worry, just seek God's kingdom, and poof, all my worries are gone. Like, it's some magic trick. Like, there's always been something that's a little difficult about that for me. It's a, it doesn't qu- feel quite that simple, does it? But let's talk about this a little more, because Jesus says, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you. And this, when I said earlier, the narrative theological approach, this is one of the most important narrative threads of Jesus. Seek God and his kingdom. In Matthew 6, Jesus, whenever Matthew records the same teaching about not worrying, Matthew adds a word that Luke didn't put in there, but I, I got to believe it's synonymous with what Luke meant. Luke said, I mean, Matthew says, but seek First, the kingdom of God, right? Everyone say first. first. Here's what I know. I know that when I start with worry, I often end in worry. What, do I, what am I doing first? I know when I start with the belief that things will go bad, typically they go pretty bad. See, worry has this self-fulfilling prophetic power, doesn't it? The things we worry about often happen. When I start with defeat, I often end in defeat. So many times we've already conceded defeat before anything ever took place. We say things like, that person won't ever give me a chance, or that situation surely won't work out, or I don't even think they like me. And so we, we worry ourselves into a defeated life instead of trust ourselves into a victorious life. When I start with fear, I end in fear. You ever watch a scary movie, and before it's ever started, you're already on edge. The credits are going, you're like, ooh. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be scared. (laughs) Here's the deal. Whenever you start with fear, you end in fear. But what happens whenever you already watch the movie? The second time, whenever you already watched it, you know how the movie ends. It's not quite so scary, is it? Isn't that how life with Jesus ought to be? Don't we already know through all the scary things we face how it ends. Therefore, we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, because we already have assurance in the victory in Christ and the fact that he's going to be with us even through the hard things. I tell every couple that I have the honor of doing their wedding, hey, the way you begin your marriage may determine how it ends up. You start with the right priorities in place, your marriage will probably go well. The right priorities, meaning you put in God first, But listen, if you don't, if you have the wrong priorities in place, there's a good chance it's not going to go well. You see, when we start with God, there's a good chance you're going to end with God. We have to start things right. We have to prioritize the ways of Jesus. Every time I lack peace in my life, it's typically a problem with my priorities. Because I have, I know this, I've had times in my life when I've had great problems in my life, accompanied by great peace. How is that possible? It's only possible whenever I have my priorities intact and in place, whenever I am seeking first the kingdom of God. And when I do that, I'm able to actually walk through the things that should worry me. But because I know how it ends, it doesn't. There's this, this is the same principle, um, that Jesus teaches us about when, he talks, when we talked about tithing just a few weeks ago, right? Remember, we must make God first. That was the whole point of it. Everybody say, make God, make God first. When I make God first with my money and my provision, when I tithe before I spend my money, when I practice the principle of first fruits, well, then the financial worries of my life begin to fade because I've ordered my life properly and context of God's word for me. God not only shows me his blessing and not only shows me through his faithfulness, but he will replace worry with joy and he will replace confusion with confidence in the area of my money when I order it properly, when I make God first. So this principle is one of the principles that Jesus is constantly teaching us about the way we ought to live. And it applies to our worry. It applies to so many different things. I'll close with this you know, author and theologian Edwin Friedman is his name, who has wrote and taught extensively on what's called family systems theory. Anybody heard of family systems theory? It's really a profound way of uh, considering how God um, orders his world and the systems in which are intact through the, through the idea of family. But he, he coined a phrase uh, called this, and it has nothing to do with that per se, but it's called a non-anxious presence. A non-anxious presence. Anybody in here want to live with a non-anxious presence? Sounds pretty nice. Now this concept of Friedman has been latched onto by a lot of thought leaders, and there's actually a book coming out by a guy named Mark Sayers who I really like in a couple months called Non-Anxious Presence that I'm so anxious to read. (laughs) I mean, very calm and cool and collected to read. (laughs) but a non-anxious presence is exactly what it sounds like. Jesus is casting a vision for a life of trust and a life of confidence and a life that has belief in the goodness of God no matter what. So when he says do not worry, it's not shallow. It's not just about we have food today. It's about a way of life that says you can have a non-anxious resting presence about you. It's what Apostle Paul echoes. He echoes Jesus in Philippians 4 when he says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, you can read that passage all day long, can't you? And just say, man, I have so much that God has given me as a way of life and how to defeat anxiety and worry. You see, God cares about you and he's interested in helping you break the cycle of worry and anxiety in your life. He doesn't want to see any more cycles of spinning out, making no progress, ending up in the exact same place you started. Now, I say all this, and and, and I'm very sensitive because I don't want to undermine the crisis that I feel like is happening in our culture with so many people struggling with anxiety. I understand the significance of the journey that many people are on towards not only mental health, but emotional health, spiritual health. And I know that it can't be an approach to anxiety that just says, the church can't just say, hey, just pray it away. Just pray it away. I believe prayer is powerful, and I I believe prayer can break through any, any, any challenge we face. However, I know that what Jesus is saying is actually more than just pray it away. He's saying something very significant and very important. Jesus does not want us weighed down in worry and anxious thoughts, which is why he repeatedly does say in this passage, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Instead, he's saying, trust in me, trust in me, Put me first in your life, and I'll take care of these things. Start with me instead of worry. I'll take care of you. Jesus again provides his listeners a countercultural way to live. And instead of living like the pagans do, instead he wants you to rely on God instead of yourself. Instead of all the trappings of the world, instead of money, instead of possessions, instead of anything that you feel like will give you security, nothing will give you the security you are looking for except God and his kingdom. Do you understand how transcendent that is? Do you understand how life, uh, how life shaping that should be for us? Yeah. And we continually, not, we continually do not submit to that call of Jesus. Yeah. And instead, we choose a life of worry. And instead, we spin out. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Well, I have three ideas to summarize what we've been talking about. I just wanted to put this in an image that I, I, I hoped would be helpful for us today. These are not the perfect answers to what do we do. But I just put together a little Venn diagram. I know that's impressive. Uh, to help <laughs> us intentionally pursue a life of a non-anxious presence. So three different things. Yeah, I made it. Again, summarizing kind of what we've been saying. Number one, start with God every day. Remember, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. So we have to start with God every day. Every day must begin with God we need to prioritize and start every day with God. And if you're sitting here thinking, Tim, are you talking about like every morning I need to have a quiet time? Like I need to pray daily and I need to read the Bible daily. Are you literally telling me this right now? I've been in church for a long time. I think I know that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may know it, but I'm telling you that you need to start every day with God. I felt like the Lord said, just keep saying it, that he is a do it again God and we need to be a do it again people. Keep reading keep praying time with God every day is essential you wake up worrying you're gonna go to sleep worrying you wake up reading and praying you start your day with God it may end with God number two slow with God all the time everyone say slow with God You know the pace of life and the pace of god are very different the pace of this world is very different than the pace of god the world wants us to spin ourselves into exhaustion it says jesus said this remember the pagans run run after those things the world runs after things but god wants to show us a pace of that really provides a way of not wanting it's like i said last week it's relaxing in jesus you know psalm 23 what does it say The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. See, the ways of Jesus are much slower. And when I say slower, I don't mean unproductive and I don't mean lazy. I don't mean any of those things. Like, listen, we can be highly productive, highly functioning people living at a pace of God because I know that oftentimes we have to slow down in order to catch up with God. Much of our worry comes from our Hurry. Therefore, you could say it this way less hurry means less worry. Man. Because when we are slowing into God and we are slowing into our future, instead of running into God and running into our future, I feel like we discover something that God and Jesus has been trying to show us all along, which is what P. Scazzaro calls a slowed down spirituality, one of my favorite phrases, a slowed down spirituality. It's a life in which we do like Jesus, we withdraw often and pray. We slow down, we go to the mountain as Jesus did and pray. Um, And we put into our practices things like fasting and sabbath and rest and celebration things that are actually countercultural to the world but just allow us to rest in the goodness of God rest in trusting in him through a, a routine basis that's why i put in parentheses all the time you see resting and slowing is often something we kind of mark you know as a day of the year you know oh i got to have a a big day of rest or a big time, a week of rest, and so we mark a vacation out, or we mark a day of prayer, or we mark, we go to the prayer room once a year, whatever it is, and, and we make resting and slowing with God an event instead of a way of life. No, 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 this is a way of life that Jesus is trying to teach us, right? You want to have a non-anxious presence. And then the third thing. Third thing, stand with God. Everyone say, stand with God. First of all, I did it. I did it. I want to celebrate this. I got three points and they all start with S. My. Never mind. I thought that was impressive. My preacher teachers would be proud if I had preacher teachers. Um, stand with God. Anytime I start worrying, I feel like you can catch yourself when you're worrying, can't you? Sometimes when I'm having a conversation with Christy and it's not so loving and I'm We're frustrated. I catch myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? You ever caught yourself doing something you're not supposed to do? You're like, I need to stop. You can catch yourself when you're worrying, and you can stop spinning. The flowers do not labor or spin. What do they do? They stand. They stand. What does it say in Matthew 6? Jesus says, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a foundation that we can build. When you build your house on the rock, when you stand on the rock, when the storm comes, it will not, that house will not be blown away. But instead, it will stand on the rock. So this stand with Jesus is not like, I mean, sure, be bold, stand with Jesus. But this is more like, no, no, no. Stop spinning and start standing and trusting in the rock that is Jesus Christ. So at the center of this image, at the center of a life that starts with God every day, at the center of a life that slows with God all the time, and at the center of a life that stands with God in every situation, you find a non-anxious presence. And I think for us, we can all agree that we need to work on all three of those. Those are not the things that we're probably strong at or great at, but they're things that we can do. And so I'm guessing you can grow on all the three things. So, you know, this image, I want you to pray on it. I want you to think on it. I want you to apply it. If you, I want you to snap a picture of it today. So you have it as a way to just remind you of what, it, what this idea of do not worry could look like in your life. How can you get there? And I know it's time to go, and I hope that you're okay with staying an extra hour. Just kidding, five, 10 minutes. Because I don't want to rush. The other thing that I think happens so often in this life is we just feel the rush to get somewhere. Don't worry about it. Like stay in, in the moment. I didn't plan that, but it kind of works. Jesus talked about this with such conviction and command because he knows the human heart He knows what you're prone to, what you're probably going to do and what you're going to worry about. And so I think it's fair to say that Jesus sees you and he loves you. In fact, remember I said that Jesus gave this command and it was a loving command. It's a command that says, I have you, you can trust me and I love you. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us and I want to pray. Um, I wanna pray, of course, that we receive this truth, but I also wanna pray and help you pray yourself um, for a worry that you have that you can give to the Lord today as as best as you can. So let's bow our heads. We're gonna pray and then we will sing. We're gonna worship one more song today before we leave. And while we pray, this altar's open. Our prayer team will be available. You can come and you can receive prayer today. Some of you have been riddled with worry and it's time to come and surrender it to the Father as best you can, to start something new, to start with God so you can end with God. And so today, even coming and and, and praying with another person or praying at the altar or praying in your seat can be the start of that thing. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think right now, what is something you've been worrying about? Something that's been... Stressing your mind and heart, something you've been anxious about. What is one thing? I'm sure there's many things for some of us, but what is one thing that God is bringing to your mind this morning? What's one thing you're worried about? And here's how I want to lead you in prayer once you get that. I just want you to pray this. Just say, Lord, I give you my worries. Just say that to him right now. Lord, I give you my worries. Everybody can pray that, even if you don't even have a worry in your mind. Just say, Lord, I give you my worries. And then say, I want to start with you, not with my worries. Pray that. I want to start with you, not with my worries. I don't want to run after the things that the world runs after. Just say that. I don't want to run after the things the world runs after. Instead, I want to slow down with you, God. I want to slow down with you. And then just say this, I want to stop spinning. And I want to start standing. I want to stop spinning and I want to start standing. God, we give you our worries today. We know we have a lot of work to do. We know we have a journey to to walk with you. We know that it's an everyday thing, not just a moment thing. So Lord, may we seek first the kingdom of God. May we trust you with our life. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Would you stand with us? Stephen's gonna lead us in worship for this last song. And during the song, the altar's open. Our prayer team is available. Feel free to come.